Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chad. Welcome to The Way R122 Ministry Live, The Way Radio Live. Today is September 19th, 2021. I want to apologize for not being online last week. I had planned to. I had this message ready to go and ran into a technical problem. I was unable to broadcast, so I apologize for that. But I'm glad to be back here today, and I just hope and pray that this message is a blessing to everyone that hears it. The name of the mess, the title of the message today is Like Showers That Water the Earth. It's based on Psalm 72, six, uh, 72 verse 6. But before I get into today's message, I wanted to uh, just make a couple points and I wanted to ask for prayer for a friend of mine. Uh, this is a woman that I met in Nairobi. Uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, she goes to one of the churches that we are trying to help there. And uh, she's just got an amazing story. She has a daughter who was born with Down syndrome. And if you're not aware, in many uh, developing nations, third world countries, when a handicapped child is born, it can be absolutely devastating for the family because it's very common for them to be uh, barely surviving at, as it is. And I'll share her story with you more at a later time. But she basically was led by the Lord to take something that could have been a crushing challenge and to turn it into a, an amazing blessing. And she ended up putting together a, uh, I guess you could say, an organization that she leads to help people that live in her area. She lives in a, a an area of Nairobi called Tasia, which is considered a slum area, to care for their handicapped children, children that are born with um, physical issues, with emotional issues, with mental retardation, Down syndrome. She helps families care for these kids, and it's been a massive blessing to her um, neighborhood and to all those that live in the area that she lives. Unfortunately, with what's taking place, because of COVID lockdowns, uh, a lot of that has not been able to take place for the last year or so. Um, so I've really been praying that that will be able to get started for her. But like so many other things in the world that have been uh, threatened or destroyed because of what they're doing in the name of COVID, um, her work was hindered because of that. But the reason I'm asking for prayer is uh, she made the mistake of being talked into getting a COVID vaccination and fell very ill, had to be hospitalized. Now, this was a little over a week ago. She is now out of the hospital. From what I've heard, she is improving. Um, but please just lift her up in prayer and uh, just pray that more people wake up to the danger and the damage that's being caused by these vaccines. Uh, it's not being published. It's being pushed under the rug. It's being hidden. But I've read many, many reports of people in the know uh, just saying that the numbers of people that are being damaged uh, and killed from these vaccines was horrific. I actually read a story last night of a professional tennis player, I uh, forget his name, uh, that got one of the jabs and uh, has had to quit playing tennis. He was on the pro tour uh, because he no longer uh, can exert himself at all because of what the, the shot did to him. So... Um, Pray for all these people, but but just lift her name is Susan. Please lift her up in prayer. I pray that she heals and uh, that she can continue in the work that she's been doing, and that the limitations that have been placed on her through the COVID 
mess will be lifted. You know, in the last 18 months, we have to ask ourselves the question, how much time of worship and communion with the Lord has been stolen by fear, anger, and anxiety as Satan has so masterfully saturated the world with an evil false narrative that is thrown in our faces from morning till dark. Uh, I was talking to my wife the other day, just about everything that's taken that, that's taken place over the last 18 months. And I said, you know, I don't think our the founding fathers in America ever intended for the government to be something that we have to hear about and deal with every single day. Um, especially the federal government. The federal government was supposed to be really kept as small as possible, uh, kept out of our lives as much as possible, and um, not to be a, a, a nuisance or a hindrance. And really, that's what it's become. And it's all a lot of it is because of what's been going on for the last 18 months. But from a Christian context, something that I'm hearing so much from, uh, that I'm hearing so much about from Christians, is how it has cause them to slip into fear and anger and anxiety and frustration. And that's what Satan does with things like this. He wants to take us out of the moment and he wants to make us either regret the past or fear the future. Uh, but he doesn't want us in the moment because that's where we commune with the Lord. We commune with the Lord in the moment. And Satan wants to take that away from us. And he's done that very well over the last 18 months to many people. So today's message is really, um, I don't know if it's as much of a sermon as it is uh, just a worship. I wrote it with the intent of um, hoping that it helps people to really focus on Christ and worship him more. I believe that we need a refreshing and meditative message, especially at this time for a time of dryness and thirst uh, in a world in the midst of spiritual famine, because that's really what we're seeing. So many people are just struggling horrifically and dealing with things they've never had to deal with. I mean, the people in Australia are just being absolutely brutalized by their government in the name of, of, of COVID right now. And the things that I'm seeing coming out of that country just absolutely horrify me. I spent some time there uh, many years ago. It's a country that I just thought was amazing. And it just breaks my heart to see um, how the people are being uh, put down because of this COVID hoax that is causing them so much trouble. On the good side of that, there's a lot of waking up that's happening. More and more people are realizing that uh, this is not what it's being put out as, that the truth is not being told, that the world has been misled. And I think we're going to start seeing a turning uh, back in the right direction. That's what I feel. And that's what I hope. And that's what I pray. But like I said, today's message is supposed to be, is meant to be refreshing and meditative for a time of dryness and thirst in a world in the midst of spiritual famine. So let's pray and we will get into the word and the message. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity again to gather and to fellowship, even as it at a distance. Uh, it's just an amazing blessing to have the technology to be able to preach and people on the other side of the world uh, get to hear it as I preach. I see that my friend Patrick, who I love so much as a brother, has logged on and he's watching this sermon from Nairobi. And I know others are as well from Kenya and those in the Amer in America that are watching and Europe. And Lord, I just ask that you would touch the heart of each person that's 
watching and hearing this message and that those that will watch and hear it uh, later on would be blessed by just the majesty and the beauty and the refreshment and the sustaining blessing that your word is. And I just thank you and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. What I want to do to begin, if you guys have your Bibles, is turn to the Psalms, because today's message is based on Psalm 72, verse 6. I wanted to start by just reading all of Psalm 72, because it's just a, a blessing for us to consider, and then we'll, we'll look closely and expand on verse 6. So Psalm 72, give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him and nations serve him. For he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live, may gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all the day. May there be abundance of grain in the land, on the tops of the mountains may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon, and may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever, his fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him, all nations call him blessed. Blessed be the God, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Again, just a, a beautiful psalm, and I've, I've said it over and over again. Uh, I love reading the psalms. I've been reading a psalm every morning uh, for years. I've been through them many times, and they continue to be just an amazing blessing. So don't uh, deprive yourself of that. Try to read a psalm each day and meditate on it, and you will be blessed by it. Um, so let's look at Psalm 72 verse six. And today's going to be a little bit different. I really felt like I wanted to write this message out. I usually just put down notes and bullet points on what I want to speak about. But for some reason, maybe the Lord was calling me to do it. I wanted to write this out. So I'm going to be reading it um, mostly. And I pray that you guys are as blessed by this message as I was, as I had the opportunity and the blessing to write it. So Psalm 72, six says, May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. 
And again, this is not meant to be a message that's super theologically deep, that's meant to uh, challenge you to consider deep theological, doctrinal subjects. Uh, this is meant to be a worship of the Lord as he's represented as showers that water the earth. And like many of the Psalms, Psalm 72 speaks prophetically of the Messiah. Much of the Lord in his gospel is reflected in the world all around us. The rocks represent Christ the rock, our firm and eternal foundation. The ocean's harbors remind us of the protection from even the most violent storms that we have in Jesus Christ. A stream brings to mind the message of the gospel going out from the main body of the church into dry areas in need of life-giving water. A calm lake reflects the peace and tranquility that is only found when we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. When we witness the awesome power of a thunderstorm, we can't help but wonder how it is but a small sample of the awesome power of God. Deserts cause us to reflect how absolutely dependent we are upon the sustaining power of the Lord. Without his life pouring into us, we would soon wither and die. The structure of a tree represents Christ as the mighty trunk that sends life-giving moisture into the tiniest sprout of a leaf far above the moist ground. Plants send out seed pods as the, as the message of the gospel is sent out from the body of Christ to settle and take root in faraway lands. And a cool, refreshing, and life-giving rain is like the blessings that shower believers as we walk through this barren desert. Psalm 19, 1 through 2 says, tell us, uh, tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. Jesus in this psalm is likened to rain, the life of John 14, 6, which says Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus truly is the only way. He is the perfect truth, and he is the giver and sustainer of life. John 1, 4 says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus is pure. As the rain is pure, so the grace of Jesus is pure and holy, unadulterated, purifying. He is pure and holy, completely sinless, and the perfect example of the beauty and majesty of God's unbroken law. He is unadulterated in that he is perfect and eternal truth that this world cannot stain or corrupt. He is purifying in that those who he saves are washed clean by his precious blood. Not a hint of the stain of sin remains after a person has been washed in the blood of Christ and wrapped in the robe of his righteousness. And all of the pure and truthful and purifying recreating work that he does is by his will and his power. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 7 says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. All that a believer is, all the works that we are blessed to carry out in the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ are by God's grace and sovereign will. Like long absent rain in a land of drought brings life and vitality, so does Jesus bring life and vitality to the parched soul. 
The sinner wandering through this life is like a man slowly dying of thirst in an endless desert. Even the best of all this fallen world has to offer is a wasteland compared to the glories of the Lord's heavenly and eternal kingdom. Without a continual supply of water, we will perish in this world. But Jesus tells us in John 4.14, But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Believers thrive in a beautiful oasis in the midst of a dry and lifeless desert. An oasis the world cannot see or understand, but an oasis the gospel shares in the world as an invitation to those, to those it is meant to lead to the saving waters of Jesus Christ. Jesus is like a restoring rain that makes the drooping revive and put on fresh new life. Jesus revives the dying soul. Like an animal that has wandered long in a dry land in search of refreshing water, our souls are parched and dry if they are without the restoring power of communion with the Lord. Psalm 42, 1 through 2, poetically states, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And we are promised by the Lord that as we abide in him, we will never thirst again. Christ, like rain, is necessary for existence and true beauty. True art reflects a spark of the divine. The greatest art down through history has in some way captured and conveyed what the human soul longs for, that longing that comes from being separated from our creator and surrounded and living in the perfect divine beauty that exists in and from and through God. Jesus is the perfect and highest representation of the glory the human spirit longs for. Hebrews 1.3 tells us, and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I did want to make a point outside here about the reason I included that, that uh, true art has a spark of the divine is I've always loved art but not all art. And when we look at the artists from hundreds of years ago, maybe thousand years ago, and we see something that's just captivating about their work, I'm convinced that it's because they were striving to capture something that the human spirit longs for, that the human soul hungers and thirsts for. And they're trying to capture, like I said, that spark of the divine that we lost when we rebelled against God. And that's why I, I love art that reflects that. So that's the point I was trying to get across there. Jesus is like rain in the manner of his descent. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Because he never changes, our faith rests in his eternal faithfulness. As the rain comes from heaven, so does true grace. Jesus tells us in John 6, 51, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Believers are refreshed and strengthened and nourished by the word of God as plants are by the rain. 
Christ will descend again, as we are told in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. He will descend and cast the plague and drought from his kingdom. Sin and all its destruction will be removed. He will descend and create a new heaven and a new earth, as he promises us in Revelation 21, 1 through 5, which says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. The rain comes according to God's sovereign will, not according to man's will. Can we control the weather? Can we control the direction of our lives? Many try and may believe they do. But if we are outside of God's will and fooling ourselves that we are in control of our own destiny, then we are headed for eventual disaster. Seek the Lord's will and strive to plan according to his will, and you will be on the very narrow path of the Lord's blessings. He will guide you in the way you should go. Proverbs 16.3 from the Amplified Bible tells us to roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. I actually have that taped on my desk. Uh, it's right in front of me as I work each day. I love that verse. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. Turn them over to him. And then it says, he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. He will cause our will to be conformed to his. Like the rain to the ground, Jesus enters and dwells in the believer. There is no greater intimacy or communion in a relationship than, than the relationship the child of God has with the Son of God. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19 says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that ye may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Sometimes the rain comes gently, almost imperceptibly, as we read in Deuteronomy 32.2. May my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, like gentle rain upon the tender grass and like showers upon the herb. There are times when the Lord teaches us in a very soft, almost silent, simple, yet profound way. At other times, the rain comes in a raging storm, and in a tempest, Matthew 4, 45, Matthew 4, 35 through 41 says, On that day when the evening came, he said to them, Let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd. They took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with, them, were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. 
Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and sea and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much they became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? In the tempestuous and raging storms of life, when those about us are in panic and anxious turmoil, faithful believers can wait patiently upon the Lord, knowing that he will bring us through the storm, either home with him or to continue our time here. This is a lesson that we see represented quite often in Scripture, where the truly faithful that are following the Lord are in the midst of a storm and a trial, and they understand that that storm or that trial may be the end of their earthly walk, but then they will go to be with the Lord. But if it's not the end of their earthly walk, he will use that storm and that trial that's pouring the rain down upon them to nourish them more and to strengthen them more for the walk as they continue forward in his service. The rain does not fall everywhere. John 17, 7 through 9 says, Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them, and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believe that you sent me. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Many run for cover, when God's gospel rain descends upon them, while the saving truth of the gospel transformed the elect as we soak up the blessings of God's amazing and mysterious grace. The point I'm making there, folks, is that the gospel message will reach those it's meant to reach. But for those that are going to continue to rebel against it, they will run for cover because the gospel message is exposing who they truly are and their sin. And they do not want to give that up. Second Corinthians 12, 14 through 16 says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from one from death to death, to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who was sufficient for these things? The point Paul is making there is that the gospel message will be sealing the fate of its hearers and the fate of those that are not God's chosen ones that will remain in rebellion until that last day. That is a message of death to death. But that message is a message of life to life for those that it is sent forth to reach. Jesus's living water pours from our Bibles and by faithful prayer, we can receive his life-giving rain. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither in all that he does he prospers. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word today. I ask that you would strengthen and nourish and edify us through it, uh, that in the coming week you would open opportunities uh, for the gospel to go forth, 
from each one of us and that your name would be uh, proclaimed in a glorious and magnificent way. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being here today, you guys. Uh, I didn't put the verses up because of the way I was doing the sermon, I didn't want to have to worry about clicking through them. So hopefully you guys are okay with that. I wanted to share a couple pictures here from my good friend, uh, Pastor Patrick. Some of you already know that um, he has a school at his home in Nairobi and his family's property where his brothers and his parents live is in uh, Kisi, about a six hour drive from Nairobi, about 250 miles. And there is also a school there that he runs. And our ministry very much wants to help him grow these two schools for these children. Um, it's not easy for Kenyans to send their kids to schools. Um, they have to pay for it. Uh, it's a burden on them financially. So we're trying to provide schooling for families that can't afford it. And I know from what Patrick's told me in Kesey, um, there is just not a lot of opportunity for some of the kids to attend school. So that's why they have the school there on his family's property. This is the small group of children that are currently attending that school. Uh, this is a picture of the school building, which if you remember a couple of years ago was not in this kind of shape. It was a little bit more beat up. It has been improved. Uh, just an amazing picture of the kids playing at recess, I would presume. Uh, this is a picture of the kitchen that they use to prepare the food for the kids. Kenyan kitchens are so different than Western kitchens. Quite often, it's a dirt oven or a dirt hearth, uh, something like we would use camping. Uh, it's an amazing and beautiful thing. I love to watch the women there, how proficiently they cook and prepare meals. And it just blows me away how spoiled we are in America to have all the conveniences we have and what they are able to accomplish with such a simple setup in the kitchens uh, that they use there. So that's a little kitchen of the school. And this is the man, I guess we would call him a principal here in America, that runs the school and the two teachers. Uh, Patrick's greatest uh, uh, challenge right now and for us as a ministry is to try to provide some kind of an ongoing salary for the teachers. They really struggle. Um, he does not have the money to really offer them much as far as salary, but they are committed. They love the children and they are they're daily taking care of them teaching them and nurturing them. So my hope as a pastor and the leader of this ministry is I really get excited about the schools because I feel like we are investing in the future. If these children are raised up in the gospel, they're raised up in the ways of God and they're nurtured in that, the work that we're doing will carry forward for generations because we are blessing those young kids with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this is very much a part of what we want to accomplish in Kenya. I'd say our two main focuses are the Bible school at Patrick's location in Nairobi for, for everyone and these children's schools in Nairobi and Kisi. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. I had asked Patrick for some new pictures a week or so ago, and he just sent these to me. So if you can, please consider visiting. I'm going to try to get rid of this subscreen here, uh, elephantwalk.net, which is the business that we have to help support the work of the ministry. Uh, you just go to elephantwalk.net 
And if you see something you'd like to purchase, be sure to type in the way, all lowercase, no spaces between the word, the words, just the way, and you'll receive 10% off. If you'd like to visit our website, you can do so by going to the way, the letter R122.org. You can subscribe to the podcast at Christian podcastcommunity.org. There's a search field when you get to that site and just type in The Way Radio. It'll take you to my show. And basically, The Way Radio is the sermons I preach on Sundays, the audio version. Uh, Sometimes if there's links to something I've referred to, I'll put those in there. Uh, The podcast is doing phenomenal. We're almost at 13,000 downloads. It was just about a month ago when we were at 12,000. So we continue to get a larger and larger audience. And that is just awesome to hear that so many people are starting to listen. And I just got an invitation to launch on another platform that I'll be trying to do this week. You can find us on Rumble at the way R122. Uh, YouTube is slowly fading away because they don't like what I say about the COVID thing. So they're they're basically removing me from there pretty much. Um, and just please pray about and consider consider supporting the ministry. I'm hoping to go back to Kenya in February, March next year. But with what's going on in the world with the COVID thing, it is so hard to plan anything. But you know what? If it's God's will, he will open that door. I'll be able to go and continue and visit those people and and be on the ground there again. Um, I am missing them very much. I look very much. I very much look forward to going back there and preaching and teaching and helping in any way that I can. So if you could please pray about that, but please consider helping the ministry. You can donate at the way the letter R one two two dot o r g. Thank you so much for watching today, folks. Uh, God willing, be back here next Sunday, same time. Same place. If you need to email me, just send it to chat away the letter R122.org. God bless.